Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. The Easter Bunny is coming. I think his name is Peter. <laughs> Good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com International Radio. And um, this is a beautiful, fabulous day that God has given to us, no matter where you are. You got up this day so that you can do whatever it is that you need to do, what you didn't do the last day. You could do it today. This is another beautiful day that God has given to us. And today here in the Arizona is supposed to be like in the 90s, which I'm hoping that it doesn't. Uh, nevertheless, it's a beautiful day. And then I do recognize that other parts of the country uh, is in the total opposite um, of what we're having. But nevertheless, it's a beautiful day. It's a great day. You had the opportunity to get up to do the things that you did not do the previous day. And you can do them now today. So it is a beautiful day. And I just want to remind you that my show is a podcast as well, and that you can download the TalkZone.com app. And you can also go online. And how you do it online, listeners, is that you just put Here's Teresa in the URL, and boom, there you are. So you have a number of ways that you can listen to my show. And as a reminder, my shows are archived. So you can listen to, if you didn't hear my show at, at the initial broadcasting, no worries. You can hear me later on in the day, a week from now, two weeks from now, a year from now. Okay? So that's the beauty of, of being able to uh, report on a, um, uh, on a station such as uh, TalkZone.com. Now, how are you all out there? And happy Easter to all of my listeners out there. And I pray that you are all doing great as this is Holy Week for all of those who are practicing Catholics and who those who are not. No matter what belief or religion you are about to celebrate Easter this, um, this Sunday, it's a beautiful, beautiful time as our Lord has risen. I am doing just great, and I know that you guys out there are doing just great, and I'm looking forward to another blessed, guided, and learned day in my life. And, of course, talking with all of you out there, and again, it is much appreciated that you have taken the time to tune into my show. Now, as usual, my show is going to be filled with great educational information that will help inspire and enlighten you as well. Now, today it is going to be me and the world's best mental health therapist, Rachel C. Campbell, as a reminder um, to you, you know, um, that on the 2nd of May, I will have Jaime Lycone on to talk real estate and mortgages. And you know that I was supposed to have had my granddaughter, um, the beautiful Tierra Daniel, with me today. However, she will be my guest on May 16th as we had some conflicting schedules. So I just pushed it into the future for a little bit. So all is good. And, you know, um, so I'm looking forward to both of these conversations. And the, the nature of Tierra's conversation is going to be about the journey that she is on as she has finished high school now. And that um, in hopes that this will help maybe enlighten some of the younger um, listening audience members and and older ones too as to what it is that that, that they want to do. She could talk a bit about her journey and what and what it is that she's inspiring to do in her life. Now, 
Isn't this year going by fast? I say it all the time and I just have to keep saying it. And for all of us out there who, um, you know, are accountants and things like that, you're already saying, wow, we are in the second quarter already. So that means we only have two more quarters left and this year is a done deal. Now, and on that vein, are you guys out there glad that you're done with the taxes, that the tax time is over for all of those who put their taxes in on the 15th of April? And, and you know, because this can be a very scary and nervous time for, you know, getting your taxes done. You know, it's very stressful, particularly with the new tax structure that this administration implemented that actually is a headache for many as it brings about a huge change for those not getting uh, refunds to those who got large refunds, you know, in the past and are getting just a small portion of a return or maybe none at all, you know which is a bummer. And for those who got an extension, we're just, you know, I know you know this, but I'm just saying you have until October, you know, to get them in. And the hope is that you will get them in before. And then this way it releases the stress and the tension, you know, about taxes. That's something that people are always afraid of the IRS because of the reach that it has. Okay. Here's some fun, fun, something's fun. I want to talk to you guys about. Now, my husband and I went to the theater to see the movie Little last weekend. Now, it was an idea brought to the table and presented to the powers to be from Marseille Martin. Now, she's a little girl uh, of color, very talented, that uh, stars um, on the um, on Blackish that comes on uh, television. And it is so funny. It is so hilarious. And she's also in the movie with Lisa Ray and some other actors, very well known and great actors. They're just escaping my mind right now. Well, this is a com- this is a comedy out there, and and I'm sure that you guys have heard about it through so many of the advertisements. But I just want to remind you to to go and look at it. It's it's laughter, something that we need to have in our life now. It's just so much doom and gloom with so much going on. So laughter, you know, um, lights up the world. You know, and it lights up your spirit. It lights up your heart. It can it can diminish a lot of things when we laughter. You know, the endorphins are fabulous that's released from laughter. So I say go out and see movies that are laughter, nothing that's dark and, and doom and gloom. Now, can we just talk a little bit about this? What is all of this conversation about Kim Kardashian going to attend law school? I think, listeners, it is a fabulous idea. Fabulous. Apparently, she loves law and she loves helping people. And she's looking at having a career channeling her father, um, the late, great Robert Kardashian, you know, who transitioned some years ago. Now, her mother, whenever she's asked in interviews, um, someone will ask her, for example, Ellen DeGeneres recently, who's your smartest child? And immediately, boom, Kim. So I'm saying congrats to her and everybody just back off. Go and find a passion in your life, something that is going to make you shine, something that is going to where you can help people, because that is one of the big things we're supposed to be doing here on Earth is helping others. And I say kudos to her. And I'm very proud that she is doing it. Okay, I have a new segment in my show and it's called Did You Know? Now, if this is coming from um, some articles that are from the AARP uh, magazine. And by the way, the AARP magazine is not only for people over 50. It has information for everyone. OK, so here is one thing that I that I wanted to talk about with my listeners. And I and I thought that this was very interesting. It's, um you know, about finding forgotten cash. 
and uh, is by Beth Braverman. All right. Now she says, now request your money. Once your account starts gathering dust, meaning typically it has sat untouched for three to five years, banks usually transfer your money to the state of your last known address. Now, she says to visit unclaimed.org and follow links to the website to each state where you lived. If you find a listing in your name, you can request your cash either via online form or by mailing in a proper copy. I'm sorry, in a paper copy, which would be a proper copy. You can also recover money in a deceased relative's account if you have proper documentation such as death certificate and proof that you're the executor of the estate. I think that's good information. Here's something else that Beth is saying. Run a search. This is about life insurance. Have you owned a life insurance policy or do you think a deceased relative had one? If it's not listed on unclaimed.org, Contact the insurer. Start with the agent who sold the policy if you have that name. If you're a, if you're such, uh, if you're sure a dead relative had a policy but don't know the insurer's name, use the life insurance policy locator at naic.org. That's N as in Nancy, AIC.org. It's a service run by state insurance regulators. Now, For life insurance policies covering pre-Vietnam era service veterans and service disabled veterans, contact a search at insurance.va.gov slash unclaimed forms. Now I felt that this, you know, this magazine has a, has a wealth of information, very interesting um, articles as well. Here's another one titled, How Can I Stay Strong and Alive? Now, uh, this individual who wrote this uh, article, uh, last name is Landers. And now uh, this person says, am I too out of shape to exert myself? Well, the, the writer says, I say you're not too out of shape to exert yourself. One study of more than 1,200 cases of sudden cardiac arrest in people ages 35 to 65 found that only 5% happened during physical activity. The the biggest risk, experts agree, is lack of exercise. A massive study of 334,000 people found lack of fitness to be responsible for twice as many early deaths as obesity, and even introducing moderate activity can reduce your risk by 16 to 30%. Now, the oldest client, this lady says, that she ever had started with her at age 87, him or her at age 87, and she increased her strength well into the 90s, Lander says. Now, too out of shape isn't a valid excuse for anything. Um, it also says that if you're walking briskly, the, the American Heart Association recommends 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week. Five brisk 30-minute walks makes the cut. But why stop there? Your body can do more than just walk, Nanders notes. Add little challenges that won't take extra time. Every five minutes, do five-minute lunges for each leg. Detour your route to include heels or stairs, or sub out one walk per week for a swim in the local pool. And as mentioned, strength training is key as you age. You know, you got to get those, you know, lift those weights and work out with bands. And can you mix in some fitness for above your hips? 
do at least two days a week of resistance training. That's what I was just talking about, working out with the weights and the bands. That helps the arm and the chest and the back muscles, the stomach muscles as well. Now, she says, um, including pushing and pulling exercise for both the upper and lower body. That exercise, you know, I'm telling you, listeners, that exercise is a fabulous thing. It curtails and can get rid of a whole lot of stuff. So now I'm reading this out of the the AARP magazine that is for April and May of 2019. Now, I hope that that information was um, helpful for you. And um, um, if you if you like, if you don't already have the AARP uh, magazine you can request it. It has, I said, it has a lot of great information. Okay. I'm going to bring on my guest right now. He is the world's best mental health therapist. He is a frequent guest on my show and his name is Reginald C. Campbell. Thank you, Reginald, for being on my show. Hey, good morning and good morning to our listeners. Happy Thursday. Yep. That week went fast, didn't it? I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, for crying out loud, Thursday morning, we were on our way to California. You know, it was like I was just packing, you know, making sure everything was packed. And and uh, my husband was packing stuff, you know, in the in the truck and everything. And it's, and, and it, the, bam, just that fast. This is why I say no mucking around with your lies, listeners. It goes very, very fast. Okay. Fabulous. Now, listen, I want to start off with something. Um, um you know that that's that's you know all everything that we talk about is interesting on this program, Reginald. But I want to start off with this big ado. I'm, I'm sure that you and my listeners have heard about it out there about what Ms. Michelle Obama is still doing her book tour. And as you know, uh, she's over in Europe. You know the European uh, countries now promoting her book. Well, Stephen Corbett was uh, interviewing her. She was over there in London, Reginald. And so this is article, and it's from TMZ.com, and it's, and it says. The first lady, it says the former first lady, but she will always be the first lady in my book. Her and Jackie O and Hillary Clinton, okay, was promoting her new memoir, Becoming in London, when she struggled to find a metaphor describing America's fascination with Donald Trump and fascination that turned bad. So you hear Stephen Corbett, who moderated Michelle's chat, tee off first, and then she launches equating America's troubles with that of a teenager who spends the weekend with his or her divorced dad who makes things fun at first and then gets the youngster sick. I want to play that little snippet uh, for you and my um, listeners, Reginald. America is like a teenager. We are a teenager. We talked about this. We're and, like a and teenage our, and we're confused that our body is changing. We're changing all of us. <laughs> and we're, we're, we, we come from a broken family. We're a teenager. We're, you know... We're a little unsettled and, you know, uh, you know, having good parents, you know, is tough. You know, sometimes you spend weekends with divorced dad and that feels like it's fun, but then you get sick. That's what America's going through. We're kind of living with divorced dad. Right. Okay, Reginald, did you, did you, did you hear that, Reginald? So the thing is, is that people are making comments because um, you know, you have divorced dads who were commenting, Rachel, saying, you know, well, I admire Michelle Obama, but I really wish she wouldn't use divorced dads as a metaphor for Trump. Um, I hear some of them are quite awesome. Um, someone else said, as a divorced dad, I do my best to raise my son into a kind of man of which we all can be proud. Your comment doesn't help people see that I'm conscious um, and competent to do a 
uh, good job. You know, as someone who really liked Obama and disliked Trump said, you've shown that you can say just as rude and insensitive comments as Trump. Really, Reginald, let me hear your comments about that. I think it's taken what she said completely out of context and they are personalizing it and if someone is personalizing it that much seems mm-hmm. to me that maybe your that particular person is lacking in maybe some things that you should be doing as a parent or have not done or need to do as a parent so now you're personalizing it to see you know instead of uh, seeing that she was completely using that as a metaphor so mm-hmm. you know look inside yourself you know, and she's not saying that, you know, you guys are bad parents or anything like that. If you know you're a good parent, you know you're a good parent. But and a lot of times I think these are trolls, Republican trolls, who are calling in, you know, because they do this all the time on different progressive shows. And they even try and do it on my boy Joe Madison show, but he calls them out. You know, they'll call in pretending that they're a Democrat or an or independent but, you know, I just really don't agree with, with what you're saying. So, so I think it's just a bunch of trolls who have called in to try and, and stir uh, some controversy. And, uh, well, let's look mm-hmm. at the point that, um, that for some reason, uh, well, Kellyanne Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband, what he said last week, he said that Trump is like a chimpanzee sitting in a car. Yeah. That he doesn't know what he's doing, that, you know, he just kind of, he just flailing around, you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm waiting for the zookeepers or the lovers of chimpanzees to make a complaint about that. that exactly. Me? But they haven't, they, hey, I haven't heard anything say about that. And then this is my comment about, you know, what, what these uh, uh, individuals are saying about um, uh, the First Lady Michelle Obama. If the shoe fits, wear it. Okay. Can't no one make me think that I have lacked as being a parent. Only I can only I can own that. Can't nobody make you own anything that isn't there. So if you're if you're lacking of being a parent or you're taking second thoughts of maybe I could have done better, you know, or I didn't do this and, and, and you're you got guilt feelings going on, then as I said before, if the shoe fits, wear it. I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was a great metaphor. And, and you know, and that's that for that. So that's that's my girl. She's doing great. So you guys could just shut up. You're not going to stop her from, um, you know, moving and grooving uh, with her with her continuum of um, her, her book. That is just that is just absolutely the bomb. OK, becoming go out, go out and get it, you trolls and read it. All right. Reginald. So on that same thing that I, I want to now talk about. um this article from the Washington Post that's dated April 17, 2019, titled Doctors Accused of Trading um, Pain Pills for Sex. Now, it says in part, dozens of medical professionals in five states were charged um, Wednesday with participating in the illegal prescribing of more than 32 million pain pills, including doctors who prosecutors said traded sex for prescriptions and a dentist who unnecessarily pulled teeth, Reginald, from patients to justify giving them opioids. Now, the 60 people indicted include 31 doctors, seven, pharma- uh, seven pharmacists, eight nurse practitioners, and seven other licensed medical professionals. Now, 
The charges involved more than 350,000 illegal prescriptions, read journal, and it was written in Kentucky, Ohio, Tennessee, and Alabama, and West Virginia, according to indictments unsealed in federal court in Cincinnati. Now, it says that that is the equivalent of one opioid dose for every man, woman, and child in the five states in the region, in the region that we've been targeting. This is Brian Rick Zowski, an assistant attorney general in charge of the Justice Department's criminal division, said in an interview, if these medical professionals behave like drug dealers, you can rest assured that the Justice Department is going to treat them like drug dealers. Well, they are drug dealers, and they are acting like drug dealers. And so much for the Hippocratic oath that Hello? you take when you're, you know, going to practice medicine of to do no harm. So, so much for that. That was thrown out the window. And they should be prosecuted as anyone else who illegally sells um, sells drugs. Now, you're, you're opening a person up for a lifetime of, of addiction, a lifetime of, of, of a struggle. And you should be uh, uh, prosecuted to the extent of the law for what they have done, period. Exactly. Now, the article goes on to say that the indictments are part of a broader effort by the Justice Department to combat the nation's prescription pain pill epidemic, which claimed the lives of nearly 218,000 Americans between 1999 and 2017, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, over the past two years, Reginald, the Justice Department officials say they have targeted doctors, healthcare companies and drug manufacturers and distributors for their roles in the epidemic. Now, last year, the department charged 162 defendants, including 76 doctors, for their roles in prescribing and, dis and distributing opioids and other dangerous narcotics. I mean, this thing is just out of control with this opioid, and they know what it does to individuals. And I'm saying, Reginald, okay, these are individuals who went to college, all this money, Listen, Reginald, some of them are probably still even paying their, their college, you know, um, the money for them to attend college, to go to school, uh, to be a doctor, which, as you said about the Hippocratic Oath, they're supposed to be out there uh, helping individuals and not doing things like this. And um, knowing that the perils of being a drug dealer, I mean, and not only that, Reginald, it's also for the love of money and also that they just don't give a damn you know, about what they, they do uh, to people. So, I mean, it's, I, I feel that they need to be prosecuted by the, by the extent of the law. I feel that they are drug dealers, and they should be more than ashamed of themselves. I, you know, they need to go down. People are out there coming to them to look for help for their pain or, or whatever the reason that they came to, to see them, and they need to do their job and stop being out there, uh, you know, being crazy. If, if you no longer want to be a doctor or a nurse, or a nurse practitioner or a dentist, then get out of the field. There's definitely a lack of moral compass. Uh, you know, you can uh, go to college to be a doctor, physician, therapist, attorney, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't have a moral compass, you have mm -hmm. nothing. If we don't have a moral compass in life, we don't have anything. And I was speaking with uh, the group that I of young people that I do uh, Monday through Friday, and that was one of my topics yesterday with them, a moral compass. What do you have? What is it? So I explained to them what that is and how you are to live your life with a moral compass. 
And if you don't have a moral compass, you're going to fall for anything. If you don't stand on something, you will fall for anything. So, you know, um, these, these people should be prosecuted to the extent of the law. Absolutely. I don't feel I have no empathy, no sympathy. I don't want to hear hear anything. If I were a judge on the bench here in that case, that that, that would be that for that for them. I'm, and I do mean it. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. You know? All right, Rachel, let's move on to this college admissions scandal. Now, here's an article by Kelly McLaughlin, dated 4-17-2019. And it says, prosecutors plan to seek a 4-10 to 10 month sentence for actress Felicity Hoffman in connection to her role in the college admissions scandal, a law enforcement source told CNN. Hoffman was among 13 parents who pleaded guilty in the scheme two weeks ago. She agreed to plead guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit mail fraud and honest service mail fraud. Now, prosecutors said in the criminal complaint regime filed in March that Huffman paid the scheme's ringleader, Rick Singer, 15000 to have someone cheat on a college interest exam for her eldest daughter. A plea agreement indicated that Huffman's sentence recommendation would include a $20,000 fine and a year of supervised release. The agreement said prosecutors would not bring further charges. Now, Reginald, on the other hand, we have Lori Lofman, you know, who used to be Aunt Becky on uh, Full House, and her husband mm-hmm. have, pleaded, have pleaded not guilty in the college admission scandal. Now, she believes, and I say that this is because of entitlement, and she's just living in a foo-foo world, that she did what any mother would have done in the college admission scandal. Well, this mother would not have done that. Well, first of all, this is something that has been going on, Reginald and my listeners, for a very long time. Now, another thing, they were saying, Reginald, that the daughters of Lori Laughlin knew nothing about what their parents were doing. Yeah, right. Right. Well, here's my opinion. I felt that they knew what their parents were up to as entitlement was clearly abound in that family. If that child or if your child isn't ready or academically astute for college, come up with another plan. You have to Mm -hmm. have a plan in life. You cannot just skate by, do whatever, feel that you're entitled or whatever, you know, oh, I'm white so I can do whatever it is that I want to do, such as a trade school, community college, which is a great start. That's where I got my start in community college. And I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six degrees on my wall. So it's nothing wrong with that. But there is talk about a 40-year sentence for Lori and her husband. And I am certain that it's got to be terrifying, the thought of spending any length of time in jail, not only for them, but for her daughters. That's what I'm just saying. So they, you know, so now the thought that her parents will be incarcerated for some time is being reported, Reginald, that they're having, you know, an aha moment. However, they are fighting, you know, hard in, in court, Reginald, saying, you know, that they were told that what they were doing, now get this, was not against the law, but they were breaking some rules. So here's my question <laughs> to you, Reginald, and to my listeners out there. Isn't law breaking the law? Isn't that not the same as defying the rules? 
your opinion, Reginald? Yeah, yeah. If you want to use, you know, semantics, they look. These people knew what they were doing. Their parents, I mean, the uh, the uh, students, the kids knew what their parents were doing. They know that they were supposed to take this exam. They knew somebody was going in to take this exam for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, this has been going on forever. So yes. you mean to tell me that George W. Bush got in Princeton on his intellect alone? Yeah. Uh, you know, think, let me get off, uh, forgive me, get off the floor from laughing about that. Well, well, it, well it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> like what, uh, 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 California Governor Gavin Newsom said that, uh, it's better to be rich and guilty than poor and innocent. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're rich and guilty, you have, the means you have the attorneys, you know, to 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 fight all of this. When you're uh, innocent and poor, you spend time, uh, twenty years in jail for 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 possession of of a of ten dollars worth of marijuana, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so this is this is privilege. This is white privilege, rich white privilege at its best. Mm-hmm. And they need to suffer the consequences. And none of this. No, you are doing what any parent would have done. No, no you're not. You. Don't speak no. for all parents. Don't. There's a lot of parents, black, white, orange, green, yellow, who would not have done what they did. No. Now, here's the thing. As a parent, you always push and strive and drive your children to be the best. Well, that's what you should do. Okay. And um, so there are a lot of parents out there, hardworking parents such as myself, who um, adored their children and love their children and just think their children are the best. However, that does not mean because you love, adore and think that they're the best and you want the best for your child, your children. You don't go taking them around the mulberry bush, you know, when they're out there, they're getting started to dip their toes into the field of life. Okay, you don't you that is not something that you do. This is something that is, as I said before, entitlement because you know that they were white and they have been doing this uh you know all along. I have attended schools. You know, I went to DePaul University um uh, in in Chicago and uh when I was um at Pepperdine and when I was at the University um of Phoenix, you know, and and I had them they were coming there just as lackadaisy as can be. And if they were on and if and we were on the team, I always made sure that I was the team captain because I ran it like an organization. And I've said this before. Therefore, I made them put their feet to the fire. I made them do what it was supposed to do. Made them them the white people that were in my group. They were going to do what they're supposed to do so that they can get what it is that we're collectively as a group um, is supposed to get. I don't care what they were doing in the individual assignments but as a group you're going to do what you're supposed to do because i was not going to go down with you and your bullshit that was that was it that was that for that and trust me listeners i had a line constantly of people wanting to get in my group get into my group because i ran it the way i did it was an efficient well-oiled machine okay so that's all i'm going to say about that but Rachel, you know what you mentioned bush but you did not mention trump I mean that that Purposely. that's a that's a that's a that's a bigger one even than Bush. I feel, you know, really, yeah. really, Purposely you got out, you got out of college. 
Come on. Come on. Yeah, and, Come on. Well, and, and, and this is why he's fighting tooth and nail uh, and threatening school, the school that he attended, not to release his, his grades. So, yeah. you know, but but this is the same same knucklehead who said that no one knew Barack Obama when he attended when he attended uh, 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 Harvard. You know, no, no, no one knew him. Now, mind you, he was president of the Harvard Law Review, the first uh, mm -hmm. young man of color as president. And when he ran, no one knew that he was a young man of color. So he yep. so he got that position. Of, you know, now look, there are, are pictures of of the president in the library, but but this but this chimpanzee wants to say that no one knew of of the president. But yet yeah. again, he's fighting tooth and nail to keep people from finding out what his grades are. If if you went to the best schools and 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 and, and you you were a great student then you would have no doubt, you would have no qualms of someone, uh, you know, seeing Look, your transcripts. Exactly, Reginald. But see, this is, see, this is something that has been going on uh, for, for, for the longest. It's the same thing with this Mueller report. I am so fucking sick and tired of this crap, okay? He said that thing in the White House that slaves built, he said that, Fine, go ahead, you know, release the report in its entirety. Now he, of course, as usual, like a five-year-old child, is backsliding because it's like, uh-oh, you know, but it's too bad because it's on tape. The thing is, and I've said this before, is that that report actually belongs to every working citizen, taxpayer in this country because we paid for all of this with our tax money. Trump administration did not pay for this with their own personal funds. We paid for this with our taxes. We paid Bob Mueller to do the job that he's doing and his associates. That was our tax money that paid for all of this. So therefore, it should be up there on a website. When the report was done, it should have been distributed on a link on the website so that everyone could go there and read it in its entirety at their leisure. That's the way it should be done because he says that, you know, he, he's sitting in the White House. Okay, I'm not even going to refer to him as a, a word beginning with the P, Reginald. So anything dealing with the dealing with the president of the United States, we should be knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it because we're paying for it. The taxpayers actually pay for the White House. If you just start thinking about things on a common sense level, it doesn't make any sense. So they want to throw into the Republicans, want to, you know, with, with that turtle, Mitch McConnell, want to throw into, <coughs> excuse me, a bunch of uh, stupid rhetoric that makes absolutely no sense just to try to, you know, throw people off um, for the report actually being, um, um, unredacted and so that people can read it and see exactly what it is that he's done. Now, uh, with going back to what you said, Reginald, if you have not done anything wrong, then here, here you go. Read the report. Here you go. Here's my taxes. Read it. I don't, I don't care. Here it is. As I've said, 
I've been married 23 years and I have every tax report stored. So if anybody wants to see it, they can see it. I ain't got no quarrels about it because we haven't done anything wrong and I could go and pull it. Not, not an issue. You know what I'm saying? So if he didn't, ha- if he didn't do anything wrong, you don't just say that there was no collusion. There was no obstruction of justice. And then you have, you know, his yellow two friend. What's his name? Rachel from, from New York. Um, and let's, and, and you know what? And I want to remind people again, Reginald, you know, as, as, um, you know, I, you know, I, I am a historian as well. Before those planes hit in 9-11, September 9-11, all those years ago, people were on the street wanting him to get the hell out of office. Let's not forget that. Okay. Now, that's all I have to say about that. You have any last comments, Reginald? Yeah, the, the, the report in its entirety should be should be released. Don't use any of this excuse of, you know, there were there were sensitive things that, you know, we know that there are sensitive things, there, but it's not up to up to him, Barr, to take a 400 page report. First, they said it was. 200, then it became 300, then it became 400. Oh, well, we know swear. darn well that Barr, and we know darn well Trump has not read this 400-page report. Um, <laughs> we know Barr has run to the White House to give them excerpts and to inform them what is in this report, which means that he should be impeached as well. He should be impeached along with, with, with Trump. And all of this mm-hmm. is obstruction of justice and this is an obstruction of justice. I don't know what what the heck is. Now mm-hmm. I watched that so-called press conference of his prior to getting the call from Dave, and it was a joke. He said nothing. He just stood there and 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 answered some questions without giving any information. You know, so so it was a complete waste of time. And then he you know walked off the stage, and you know. I mean, what, oh, what, what a joke. Oh, God. It's, it's a waste of time. So release the report in its entirety and let the people, the American public, uh, decide on their own from what they read. I don't need someone, you know, it's like some kid, uh, you know, you have a, you know, you, you, you have to do a report, a book report, and you just do cliff notes. No, no, no. You need to read the whole book. You know, exactly. you read the whole book. And the last thing I'll say about, you know, you know, Trump, of course, he was saying he wanted the report, the whole report released. He didn't want it because he felt that, you know, he knew that this report wasn't going to be released. Just like, exactly. oh, I would release my taxes, but I'm under an audit. You know, it's like a bully and the kid is no longer afraid of the bully. And he says, you know what? At three o'clock, let's me and you fight. So mm-hmm. the bully says, well, you know what? I would fight you, but I really have to go home and mow the lawn. But if I didn't have to go home and mow the lawn, mow the lawn. I really I really would fight you. But I'm not going to fight you because I got to go home and mow the lawn. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so excuses, excuses, excuses. Just release the report in its entirety. And shut the hell up about it. And by the way, just one last uh, comment. I have seen an instance like that. When I was in grammar school, this person had turned around and not afraid of the bully. And he said something on the on the same wavelength of that, which was, you know, I, I'm not going to even take my time to fight you. OK, so that that's all I'm saying. OK, so Reginald, let's talk about 
uh, this story about Sol Payas, the Columbine threat suspect linked to website filled with entries about death, suicide, and plans. This is by Jason Silverstein, dated 4-17-2019. Now, a website apparently belonging to Sol Payas, the um, Florida woman who alleged threats shut down schools in the Denver area, is filled with references to depression, isolation, suicide, and guns. It also includes veiled references to her plans and to the Columbine High School shooting, which authority says Payas was infatuated with. Officials said Payas, 18, was found dead in Colorado Wednesday amid a massive manhunt. Now, this young lady, to me, listeners, looked older than her actual age, which could be which could stem from the state of mind that she was in. Now, the website includes scanned pages from a journal that has uh, the name Soul Pies on its final page. Authorities have not confirmed that the site belonged to Payas. Now, the homepage for the site, which is under the name Dissolved Girl, says, I want to leave a record of myself before I will. And then the page is dated between May 28th and March 30th, 2019. On other, you know, on page after page after page, you know, entries describe self-loathing and a hatred of humanity, Reginald. She was saying that being alive is, you know, effing overrated. It says on the first page above a sketch of a handgun being fired. Now, it goes on to say it's become a fight to the death, fighting for my sanity, fighting for my morals, fighting for everything I've ever wanted. And entry dated February 1st says now the last um, few days have been especially painful and tumultuous, which kickstarted me again to start revising my plans and getting on with them. So I basically spent the first few hours of my birthday cleaning through my belongings in preparation of my death. Huh, gotta go, what you gotta do, you know? So now, Reginald, on my last program, we highlighted mental health. And I had you do some, um, um, uh, you know, put the spotlight on you since you are the mental health therapist. And uh, we talked about uh, mental health and things like this. Now, I know you do not, um, you've heard of this young lady, but she has not never said before you, you don't know any of her uh, previous, um, you know, what, what is happening and things of that nature. But so what do you speculate, let's say, which is probably hard to, um, of what was going on uh, with this, with this young woman? It, it to me it sounds uh, like this, this this young woman had uh, uh, there was hopelessness, and when we have hopelessness, we don't see a way out, and the only way out is to uh, uh, you know in in their life because they can't see an end to the the physical or the mental pain. Uh, so it sounds like this young person, you know, obviously, uh, you know, has some mental issues, uh, has some scars, you know, don't know obviously much about her. If there was, uh, you know, don't know what happened in her past, if there was, uh, you know, uh, mental abuse or physical abuse, anything like that, you know, we don't, we don't know that, you know, we uh, don't like to speculate. Uh, but it sounds like she, you know, definitely, you know, could have had some some unfortunate things that that happened to her, you know, trauma and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, trauma has has raised his ugly head, uh, you know, in how it has affected uh, affected this young person. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, the other thing that I want to say about that is, uh, you know, these websites need to be careful about what is being posted and what's allowed to be posted because there are other people, other young people, other people in general who are, who could be struggling uh, because of uh, a trauma. And, you know, they see this and they see uh, it's their way out as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, instead of them going to speak with a teacher, a parent, a friend, a friend's parent, you know, something like that, you know, young people or people in general will read, especially young people, they'll read to see something like this and think that this is their way out as well. Um, uh, so exactly. these websites have, they have a responsibility. They have a responsibility mm-hmm. to, you know, check, you know, where, 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 where are the checks and balances? But it just seems like there's so much, uh, if there's about darkness, shooting, things like that, that it's okay. Let's just, you know, that's, that's okay to be posted, you know. But yeah, if you post just, something yeah. about what Michelle Obama said, oh, well, we don't want to do that, or let's have some negative comments about that. But it's yeah. okay to post these things, you know. These so, things, yeah. Yeah, and and on that same vein, Reginald, the article went on to say that, you know, address what uh, you you were saying about they should be careful, um, um, you know, about what they post. They said about this entry, uh, one entry details a dream about the future where the author has a shotgun. Another says, I wish I could get a gun by the end of the summer. The pages are littered with drawings of guns, a knife and a world on fire and a man in the trench coat holding a firearm. So I agree that they need to be uh, careful in what it is that they're saying, because there are other uh, uh, people out there, particularly our children. And as I said before, all, you know, all children are our are, are children. That's how I feel about it. And um, they are they are struggling on some level for some reason. And they do need to be careful because this can also put maybe some type of blink of an idea into their head, what somebody is doing or said or things like that, you know, instead of, um, you know, reaching out and wanting them to get help and, you know, things like that. So, wow, I just I just, um, you know, uh, you know, as I made the comment before that she looked older than uh, the 18 short uh, years that. She's been here um, in God's world. She did not get the opportunity to do what it is that he whispered in her ear to do, to be the fabulous individual that he created her to be. So, um, you know, I'm just saying that it's, 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 um, it's a very, um, I think this report is a very mindful reminder that, you know, we need to be more um, positively vigilant in, in watching our children and um, look at what it is they're listening to. Be more loving. Be more present, and and things of this nature. Because just remember, you know, this is part of you going on in the future. Okay. Thanks for those comments, Reginald. Now let's uh, move on to. I'm sure you've heard of this one, Reginald. And I I'm naming this just how two faced is this upcoming story. This is a story by Joseph D. Lyons from Bustle, okay? Photos of Ivanka Trump visiting the Ivory Coast, okay? Show she had a a blast, okay? Reginald, it was sickening, you know, watching her suppose that, oh, she's dancing. I'm like, dancing to what and for what? 
So this is about Ivanka Trump who is visiting the Ivory Coast. Um, and, um, and is visiting the Ivory Coast. And now uh, she says, um, uh, that, you know, the, the TMZ reports show her dancing along with the, with the natives there. Okay. Now the Ivory Coast is in Africa. It is in Africa. All right. And, uh, it's, it's beautiful. The, I, you know, Africa is our second largest continent in this world. And it says, Reginald, the, and stop calling her the first daughter. Okay. Oh I mean, like, what is, what is she? Well, come on, Reginald. She's Please. not, she's not like, she's not the age of the Kennedy children when they're in the White House or, or, um, Gosh. Hillary Clinton and, and, and Hillary Clinton's daughter, um, and then Michelle and Barack's daughter. Stop with that crap. So they say she flew from Ethiopia to Ivory Coast on Tuesday for the second stop on her tour. Get this, Reginald. To promote women's economic empowerment in Africa. Okay, oh now, now remember that. Promoting women's economic empowerment in Africa. Now in Ivory Coast, she met with the vice president, pledged two million in aid and visited a cocoa farm. And the photos of Ivory, uh, Ivanka Trump and Ivory Coast showing her diplomacy in action. Now on Wednesday, she visited a cocoa farm in Adzope, which represents, uh, with representatives from the USA. Now before her visit, she posted statistics that said, get this, Reginald, despite women owning, owning 25% of cocoa farms in the country and making up 68% of the cocoa labor force, they get just 21% of the money the industry generates in the country. Now, Tim McCoy, who is vice president of country relations for the World Cocoa Foundation, told VOA that women cocoa farmers in the country are not paid a fair share of the cocoa trading earnings. Oftentimes, women's are, women are left out of the decision-making process. Women do a lot of the work, but women often don't have the ability to own land, he said. Well, now, there are a lot of things that I can say about this, Reginald, this brief that I read out of this article, you know, about her being over there. Primarily, the women in this country still are not even Stephen with the pay scale for men. So it makes me think, what is the real reason that she's over there? A little $2 million. What is $2 million, Reginald? Uh, we should oh be talking, gosh. we should actually be talking trillions. So what is $2 million? Right. You know, it's like a little, it's, to me, that's like a little pin. So here, here you go. Ta ta ta. Right. Now be on your way. Pat, pat, pat on the head. You know what I'm saying, right. Reginald? Your comments? Right. <laughs> what a joke. Uh, that, 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 that's my comment. What a joke. Okay. Um, she knows nothing about nothing. Uh, it was an excuse to take a trip at taxpayers' expense, might I add. And for what? What is, what, what, what was your purpose? But you're going to talk about going to Africa to help women in their economic struggle. But you've done nothing here in America to help women in their economic struggle. <sighs> so it's 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 a it's joke. A it's, a, it's a joke. It's a joke. He he ha 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 he he ha ha. I mean, you know, really? Come on, come on. You know, it's it's just it's stupid. And another thing that's stupid, Reginald. 
uh, very quickly. I'm running out of time. Is the um, uh, the, the Washington Post had a, an article titled Trump administration announces new measures against Cuba. Have you heard about this one, Reginald? This is an article by uh, Karen DeYoung, April 17th. The Trump administration is imposing limits on the amount of money Cuban Americans can send to the relatives on the island and ordering new restrictions on U.S. citizens, non-family travel to Cuba. National Security Advisor John Bolton said, you know, the war is said on Wednesday. Now, the new measures outlined by the war is in a Miami speech follow an announcement by Secretary uh, by Secretary of State Mike Pompeo that the administration will lift restraints that have prevented lawsuits from U.S. citizens seeking compensation for property expropriated by the Cuban revolutionary government that seized power there six days ago. So I got like two minutes, Reginald. So real, real quick, can you uh, make a comment on that? Uh, that That's something stupid and a joke as well. You know, that's just something that they're trying to push back on and turn back on from, you know, what President Obama did. They're still angry at uh, um, President Obama for, uh, you know, having diplomatic relations with, with Cuba. It's 2019. It's not mm-hmm. 1958. Get Thank with you. the program. Thank you. And shut the hell up and do something that's feasible and that's going to help our country uh, over here, which you've been in there for uh, a long time, and I can't think of anything. Can you, Reginald, off the top of your head, let me see. I got like 10 seconds. Mm, nope, no, nothing that he's nope. done that will positively nope. catapult the citizens of this country. That's all I'm saying. Okay, thank you so much for listening to me, um, my listeners. Thank you, Reginald, for always being a present and and great guest on my show. I will be returning in two weeks with Heidi uh with uh Jaime Lycone. I wish you all a happy Easter. Lots of fun. Easter egg hunt, family gathering, great food, love, be kind to yourself. That's where it starts first, and then be kind to others. This is Teresa E. Keys. Make it a best. Thank you. <laughs>